Chris, always a pleasure, dude. I love it, man. I love it. It's kind of cool getting uh, getting new worship te- ministers and and uh, man, just different teaching pastors and stuff up here. Every once in a while, shake things up a little bit. Uh, if you don't feel shaken up a bit, I'll have Chris go put on his other shirt that I uh, that I so graciously asked him to take off earlier. Uh, <clears throat> For those of you who haven't met me, New City Church, I am Ben White. I am your campus pastor here. Um, just one of the one of the many teachers and pastors serving alongside you to to, to make your walk with with Christ fruitful. Amen. Amen. Hey, so I want to take a poll real quick. Um, how many of you guys have a sweet tooth? Okay, so not as many as I hoped. So how many of you guys don't have a sweet tooth? And that's kind of upsetting. I'll tell you why. So if you know me at all, if we've ever been out anywhere, if we've ever talked, you'll know that I love dessert. Um, I actually even minorly complained about it during the potluck because we didn't have some desserts. And, and, and I, I am not satisfied with a meal unless there is dessert there. Like, it, it is terrible. Hannah is trying to curb my sweet toothness. Um, Unsuccessfully, I might add, because I'm, I'm stubborn in that. But, but I go through the day, and I think, man, that meal would have been so much better had we had dessert. And I leave feeling unsatisfied. And, and I want to know, and, and I want you to you think about this morning, is what is that one thing that if you go throughout the entire day and you don't do, are you unsatisfied with Because as a culture and as a people, we are pushing towards quick, easy, fast satisfaction. We long to be satisfied. And a lot of times, in a lot of places, we look for satisfaction, whether it's our our jobs, our kids, our wives, our our, our families, our (laughs) alcohol or or pornography or anything like that. It, it, It still doesn't leave us full. And we've been going through this series called, Who is This Jesus? And we're in week 20. I know it's been a little long and a little grueling, and you've had to listen to me for the past however many weeks, and you're like, man, is he ever going to change it up? Maybe. We'll see. I like, I like talking with you guys. But today we're, we're asking this question, who is this Jesus? And we're answering it with the one who satisfies. The one who truly satisfies. Scripture says in Psalms 34, 8 through 10, it says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you who you his saints. For those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You see, the Lord is the only place that we can go for true satisfaction. He is the only person that we can go to, talk to, eat with, whatever, and leave fully satisfied and yet still wanting more. So are you living a satisfied life? And we're going to get more into what a satisfied life actually looks like. But right now, our, our, our scripture that we're in, we've been going through Mark. We're going to be in Mark 6, 
verse 30. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there with me. I'll wait a little bit. Um, it'll be up on the screens too. But, but I really want us to dive into this, are we living a truly satisfied life? Do we, do we go about looking for, for fullness in all the wrong places? Do we, do we end up chasing Jesus but never actually walking with him? As we'll see in, in today's account. Verse 30 says, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. Right? So the, it, earlier in chapter 6, Jesus had sent out the 12, 12 disciples when we talked about Jesus being the sender. Right? So he, he commanded them to go heal, cast out demons, and proclaim the good news of the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so they have finally come back. They're worn out. They're tired. And Jesus says, hey, it's okay to rest. Some of you need to hear that. You can, you can work your tail off, but it is still okay to rest. It says, for many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in, a, in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd, kind of like our seek first, kind of weird, huh? And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place you brought us to, and the hour is now late. Send the people away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Jesus, I'm tired. I don't want to do any more ministry today. I'm worn out. Let's go home. And Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. Sometimes Jesus tells us the work's not done yet. You don't stop working until I stop working. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then he commanded them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the loaves and the fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And they all ate and were what, church? Satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. Now, there were women in this too, so there was a bigger miracle than just 5,000. But what I want you to realize, though, is that the, the crowd chased Jesus because they wanted bread. The disciples walked with Jesus because they wanted rest. Amen? Y'all tracking? Yeah? Are y'all awake yet? Or were we out of coffee in the coffee bar this morning? Some okay, some of you get the joke. All right. That's okay. We'll work with it. So there there are three things that we see that have to happen for us to live a satisfied life. Three key things. The first is you must be blessed. The second, you must be broken. And the third, you must be given. 
There is a, um, a scripture that I've been trying to memorize. Also, I want to encourage you to memorize, but not only memorize, but, but scripture says, let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing unto you. Christ doesn't just want us to hide his word in our heart, to hide his word in our heart. He wants us to use it so that we might not sin against him. And that's where the meditation piece comes in. There's this scripture that I've been running through called, uh, it's John 15, 5, and it says, I'm the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. And that last part, that apart from me, you can do nothing, has plagued my mind this week. Plagued it. Right? Because our seek verse this year is Matthew 9, 35 through 38. And it says, And Jesus went throughout the surrounding towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God, and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were distressed and dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. So he said to his disciples, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. I said, okay, apart from God, I can't do nothing, which means there is no way in heck I'm going to be able to reach the distressed and dejected in Edgerton if I'm not with Jesus. And then I took a step back. I said, apart from God, I can't do anything, which means I can't even rely on my talent here when I preach. Otherwise, my sermon is nothing. And I took an even further step back, and I've got this taped on my bedside wall, so I see it every morning and I see it every night. It says, apart from Jesus, I can't do nothing, which means I can't wake up without the power of Jesus, and I can't go to sleep without the power of Jesus. Amen, church? You tracking with me? But then <clears throat> we can take it a step further. Apart from Jesus, I can't do anything. I can't even put on my socks and shoes in the morning without Jesus. And you say, okay, Pastor Ben, you're kind of taking it a little too far. Like, I can do a menial task, like putting on my socks and my shoes. Like, I don't need Jesus holding my hand to do that. But, but how ignorant do we have to be to say that? Because if the Lord of heaven and earth has his DNA through, wow, sown, that's the word, throughout the entirety of everything, then there is literally nothing I can do without Jesus. Amen, church? Right? There is nothing that any of the ministry leaders here in New City Edgerton can do for the city, for you guys, without Jesus. Our best works are nothing. And it hurts to say because it forces you to realize, like, hey, what am I trying to do without God? You must be blessed by God. You say, hey, how do I get God's blessing? All right? We're blessed, so we don't need to chase the blessing. I want you to, I want you to hear that, and I want you to grab hold of that. Because blessed means God knows your name. Blessed doesn't mean, hey, you still got to, you still got to get to know Jesus, right? It, it means that God knows your name. There is nothing you can do to earn that blessing except confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he raised Jesus from the dead, that God raised Jesus from the dead. Blessed means God knows your name. You don't have to fight for that blessing. 
you've got to choose it. You've got to really think, hey, if I really want this, then I have to choose to confess and believe. But we're blessed. We don't need to chase the blessings like the crowds do. Everybody saw Jesus, and they brought him because of everything that he could do for them. The disciples followed Jesus because of everything he did do for them. There, there's a, a difference in that. The disciples actually recognized what Jesus did for their, for their lives. Matthew 3.17 says, And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Do sons and daughters... Okay, well, in a heavenly sense, do sons and daughters have to beg their father for stuff? Do they have to be afraid to approach their father for things? Now, there's some stuff... I beg God for a million dollars every week if it meant I get it. But if I'm a son of the the most high God and he's well pleased with me, it means I can literally walk up to his throne and say, Dad, I need help. Will you give me wisdom? Will you give me wisdom? Second thing is we have to be broken. And we're broken so that we can relate to the broken. It is very hard for prideful, independent people who don't recognize the need for a Savior to tell people about Jesus Christ. Nowhere in Scripture do I see that being used. But Isaiah 57.15 says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. This is what God says. I dwell in the high and holy place, and I also dwell with him who was of contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. Which means when we are broken by Jesus, he actually has more room to dwell in us. Amen, church? Man, if that doesn't get you stoked this morning, Because we've all been in seasons of brokenness. And I'm talking about brokenness after you receive Jesus Christ. Dude, there are so many Christians and gospel proclaimers that will tell you life gets so much better when you have Jesus. And it does. But they don't tell you how much it hurts. They don't tell you how much you have to sacrifice, how much you have to cut out of your life, how much you you have to start recognizing the need for a Savior every day. Because if they did, I guarantee you a lot more people will be, will be checking out this whole Jesus thing. We have to be broken. I was talking with Hannah today, church, and I, I want to publicly apologize to you. Um, so, so my wife, uh, super awesome photographer, she's actually out in the back. Nobody look at her because then we'll have posed pictures and she doesn't want that. Um, you can photobomb all you want, though, so... But we were talking, she's, she's working on starting a prayer team, and one of the things I was asking her about, she's also, she hears God on a whole different level than I do, and I'm very envious of it. I was talking with her this past week, and she was like, Ben, we really suck at taking care of the distressed and the dejected in our church, and that hurt, right? As a pastor of a thriving church, 
to hear that we don't take good enough care of, of the flock. Right? And I trust my wife. Like, when she says, hey, I think God's calling us to do this, I'm like, oh, yeah, God's calling us to do that. And she said, hey, how can we better serve the broken in our, in our congregation? Because there are lowly and contrite people here, too. There, Raise your hand if you're not broken. She's not broken. It's fine. <laughs> that, was, that was the perfect time, Mark. I appreciate that. I actually saw Mark push her down. He planned that. I'm kidding. He loves his daughter. But, but if we don't serve you guys well as ministry leaders, as, as a congregation, man, how can I expect you to go and talk to the, the distressed and the dejected in your city or your neighbors are at work? So I apologize, church. Lastly, you must be given. You see, we are given so that others can taste and see that the Lord is good. You're not just given because we need, oh, we need like four more people to serve in Kid City this week. We're not, we're not giving you that opportunity just to fill a role. We're not giving you the opportunity to step into new steps along with our Say Yes campaign because we need butts and chairs and bodies in the room and people to do this, this, and this. That's not the heart. We want you, as a blessed and broken person, to then be given so that others can taste and see that the Lord is good. It's part of the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, it says, Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. How are you going to go make disciples, teaching them to observe all that Jesus has commanded you if you're not rubbing shoulders with people? Am I wrong, church? If I am, tell me. I'll, I'll repent. But if we're not given... Nobody can taste. Nobody can, can actually know, right? Romans talks about how beautiful the feet are those who go and share the gospel because without those feet, nobody's hearing. And if nobody's hearing, nobody can believe. And if nobody believes, there's no party in heaven. I don't care about parties in churches. I really don't. I think they're fun. But I'd rather celebrate in heaven with the angels and say, hey, we got 80 people in church today. It's a big deal, but if nobody's moving with the Spirit, then I've lost. Amen? We've got these cards up front um, over by our connect desk, or actually over by our guest desk um, outside, and it says, God our Father and Creator loves you so much that He sent His Son Jesus to live die and rise again so that you could have new life and purpose through the power of his Holy Spirit. If you do not believe that you have new life and new purpose, God doesn't just give you new life. He calls you back to the purpose he created you with. The purpose he created you with in your mother's womb. It's only when we are blessed, broken, 
and given that we truly find the satisfaction that we've been looking for to get all the other junk out of our lives and say, God, thank you. At the end of the day, I know that I can do nothing without you. Because I don't need to hear you guys say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to hear it. I want to hear that every freaking week I preached a slam home run, grand slam home run sermon. And I think I do. You can tell me. It's fine. Don't go to my head. I want to get to heaven and say, hey, well done, my good and faithful servant, because you, you shepherded the flock, you led them well, and you reminded them of their purpose. I don't get to give you guys purpose. Tina doesn't get to give you guys purpose. Our elder Steve doesn't get to give you guys purpose. We get to remind you of the purpose that God has called you to. Amen? And on the back, it says, if you are looking for a faith family that will love you and help you find purpose, visit us anytime. And it has our service times on it. We are going back to two services September 10th. Put it on your calendar. That might actually be a party. We'll see. But I want you guys to take that. If you're really, and here's the deal, because I want you to hear me say this. I want people to come and hear the truth of Jesus. I don't care who's teaching it. I don't care who's singing it. But if you fully believe that Jesus is being taught here and the truth and power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ is being taught here, why wouldn't you want to share that? Amen, church? So as we close today, I'm going to have Chris come back up and the worship team. And I simply want to know three things. Does God know your name? If you have never confessed that Jesus is Lord of your life and you have never believed in your heart that God raised him from the dead, I want you to find me or Steve or Tina or Pam or one of our ministry leaders that is here today and we'll walk you through it. We'll walk you through it because I want God to know your name. I want God to say, hey, Elise, You're my daughter with whom I am well pleased, and you are loved. And I want you to hear that, not from my mouth, but from his. Because God speaks like he writes, and he speaks to his children. Amen, church? Does God know your name? Do you recognize the brokenness around you? There are broken people everywhere. Just like there are stupid people everywhere. It's kind of just the thing. Sin breaks people. Are you willing to are you willing to recognize the sin and brokenness around you? Because it's hard, dude. Because once you start praying for it, it might be a little water trickle at first, and you see this person and that person. And for some of you, your spiritual gift might be completely different than mine, and you might just oh, and it might come like a waterfall. a lot of brokenness here out there and only Jesus and those called by Jesus are able to fix it and lastly are you going to live a reproducible life we don't just want you to be satisfied here at New City Church I want Gardner to be satisfied I want 
Wellsville. I want Baldwin. I want Edgerton. I want Spring Hill. Chris, is, Chris goes to Spring Hill Church. I think, are you playing tonight after this? Yeah. We want these cities to be satisfied. And it doesn't come through more programs or more things to put on your plate. It only comes through the blessing, the brokenness, and the giving of those called by Jesus. Amen, church. So are you going to live a reproducible life? I'm going to pray us out. We're going to jump into communion. Tina, our connection minister, is going to lead us through that. Let's pray, church. Father God, we thank you. Dad, we want to we want to remain attached to your vine because apart from you, we can do nothing, which means even everything we try to do or want to do or, or are doing, if it's not rooted in you, it is absolutely meaningless. Jesus, I thank you that you are the only one who can deal in absolutes. I thank you that you've called us. I thank you that we're blessed. I thank you that you know our name. Church, we just thank him for knowing your name. Right where you are, just Jesus, thank you. Man and Father, I pray that as we reflect on these words and go into this time of communion, God, that you will begin to stir in our hearts today. Your name we pray.